and welcome to another episode of Setting the Tone, in the Neon Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello there. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 15, which is titled The Long Way Around. The episode aired on February 13th, 1997. Lauren, what was going on that week 23 years ago? Oh, it's freaking me out every time we just inch a little closer to the current timeline with these. So sorry, that just threw me off. The well, this is years. our last episode of the year, so <sighs> you'll have your 24 years ago again, again for a while. Okay, week. cool. Um, the Simpsons aired their 167th episode, The Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show, making it the longest running primetime animated TV series in history, surpassing the Flintstones. Now... Daniel, I know you've been doing a rewatch with Jen. Um, how mm-hmm. are you feeling on it upon rewatch so far? So it, we started uh, in about this time last year, actually, like right around mm-hmm. Christmas uh, last year. And we are up to, I think, late in season 24 as we currently speak. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we are late in season 24. And, um, you know, I mean, there's definitely a marked decline in quality after season, I would say, 10 or 11. Um but that's not to say that there's not still stuff in there that you can appreciate. It's just very much like, like season one through 10, it's like, it's rare to find a bad episode. Uh, and then season like 11 through 20, it's like, there'll be several jokes per episode that don't really land. And then after 20, it's like, there's a few good episodes a season. <laughs> like the, the, the gradient kind of shifts as there's, you go along. There's just only so much you can do. Yeah, but it's good like passive background entertainment and at this point we've we've committed this much time to it, we're pretty much gonna see it through. Yeah, and it's all of our childhoods too, so um but speaking of childhoods, one of Lizzie's favorite disaster movies of all time, Dante's Peak, starring Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton, debuts, but it can't topple George Lucas's Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, reigns supreme at the box office. Of note, it was a much closer race than last week this time it was only it was 24 million to 18 million one and two all right so and fucking everyone should go watch dante's peak it is such campy terrible awesome fun <laughs> i love it lizzie will it's on always, netflix <laughs> lizzie will always stand up for trashy disaster movies in oh, this household hell yeah hell yeah oh also go watch greenland speaking of trashy disaster movies that one was actually not as trashy it actually made me feel things which i was not expecting yeah is, da- is dante's peak the one uh where grandma like gets boiled in the river yep. or something as the, yeah it gets yeah. boiled it gets boiled in the acid river yep <laughs> that's that's one of jen's favorites too actually that's one of her problematic faves so uh but yeah greenland not as bad as i expected it to be we we did a little little streaming thing last weekend and it was pretty nice um and unbreak my heart by tony braxton is still the number one song on the chat on the charts <laughs> Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton is the number one song on the charts for one final week. Finally, the, the hearts will finally be mended next week and we can move on. It's stuck in my head every time I say the title. <laughs> it's just, it's it's in there, hanging out. As for what else was on TV that evening, at 8 p.m. we had a big one for Friends. It's the one where Ross and Rachel take a break, part one of two. A cliffhanger. <gasps> we were on a break. Uh, check out an ancient episode of the popular court where we debated whether or not Ross and Rachel were actually on a break and, and dissected it down to minute excruciating detail. Uh, 8.30 PM. The single guy checks in with episode mother love at 9 PM. Seinfeld had the Susie and at 9.30 PM, the naked truth, a year in the life. This week's episode has up a little bit up 35.9 million viewers for this week's episode, uh, up from 33. Six last week, sure. Name ish. Fact, fact check. Thirty three something. Yeah. Thirty three ish. Uh, this week's episode is directed by Chris Chulock, doing his eighth of forty three episodes. Uh, previous one from this season that we've talked about of his was Fear of Flying, and this week's episode is written by Lydia Woodward, doing her twelfth out of twenty seven episodes. Uh, ones of hers from this season include Ask Me No Questions, I'll Tell You No Lies, and Let the Games Begin. And I want to note uh, off the top here, this episode won an Emmy for Outstanding Editing for a Single Camera Series. 
I just want to say, looking at the directed by and written by, it explains why this episode is as good as it is. I was going to say, that's a power duo right there, if I've ever seen one. Before we get into the episode proper, this is one where I don't think we're really going to be able to do it justice. Like, the audio clips are, we're going to have, we only have, we only have four audio clips this episode. A couple of them, we have our longest one ever at, like, four minutes, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little while, but... Um, it's one of those episodes where I feel it's going to be very hard for us to do it justice because of just how fast paced and how, how fucking excellent overall it is. It's low key. My favorite of the season. It's kind of like hell and high water and that we cannot keep the beats as frantic and true as they deserve. Yeah. So this is one where I highly recommend if you haven't watched this episode in quite some time, obviously the series is on Hulu or it's available for purchase on Amazon or any number of other streaming services we definitely recommend that you go back and watch this one before you listen to our show about it uh but with that getting the episode uh the previous one was by carrie and this is also correct me if i'm wrong is this our gonna be our first bottle episode i I guess it it depends on how you define a bottle episode you know i guess it depends on what what you consider the limits of a bottle episode because i mean hell and high water i guess is a little bit of a bottle episode he spends 90 80 percent of that episode you know, in the tunnel with that kid. Um, but there's, it, it's kind of bookended on either end with other stuff. So, but I, I would say this is probably our first true bottle episode through and through. I, yeah. I would say this is as close as we've come to a true dyed in the wool bottle episode. I mean, certainly, certainly from a casting standpoint, I mean, I think I make note of it later on towards the end, but like from a casting standpoint, this is the first episode of the series where uh, big chunks of the main cast are just not there. Yeah. Like in uh, so terms that, in terms of like heavy hitters, we only have Carol is obviously the main feature character of this episode, mm-hmm. um, and Doug. Yeah, say so we have Doug and Carrie, yeah, and, and some of the nur- and so, a couple of the nurses, and that's it. Yeah, and that even then, Doug and Carrie are in it for like less than five minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, yeah. uh, but let's get in. But let's get into this here. Uh, we open the episode on Carol sleeping, uh, sleeping as her phone rings. You know, she asks, "Who is this, and why the hell are you calling me at 7 a.m.?" A fair question. Uh, there's a reason why I keep my phone on silent when I'm sleeping. Uh, <laughs> and it's her mom asking her why she has the day off, which impl- which I'm guessing that means she hasn't told her mom that she's suspended. I don't think yeah. so, because her mom's like, "You usually work Fridays." Yeah. And while she's talking on the phone, they have this little fun, funny, commu- uh, funny beat of she's out of OJ. She pours a little bit, and like there's like a millimeter in the glass <laughs> left in the glass, and then she's completely out of milk. Which who puts the carton back after you're out of milk or with that little orange juice left? Clearly, you've never <laughs> clearly you've never had a, a shitty male roommate. <laughs> you know, I have, and even he was considerate enough not to do that. Car- Carol is her own shitty male roommate. Pretty much. I, I choose to believe it's leftover from Shep. That's just really old, moldy milk. Ugh. I was expecting, <laughs> see, I was expecting to, it to come out in chunks, though. I thought that was going to be the bit. But <laughs> Stop. Anyway, but her house is looking so much better. She walks outside. Looks like she's definitely put a lot of work into it, or had contractors put a lot of a lot of work into it. Get a sense of, the co- sense of her community. Uh, mailman wishes her happy Valentine's Day. Good way to establish the date for us. Um, she goes to her local grocery store to pick up some stuff, uh, very small town neighborhood feel, just like sort of corner, corner bodega, corner store, whatever you want to call it is where she ends up. And she says hi to a lot of people and a little kid says hi to her along the way. And very, very homey, very, very tight knit neighborhood. And she's just in the back getting whatever she's going to get out of the cooler. And who pops in? It's General Kenobi. Ewan McGregor himself. (laughs) Uh, right after, fresh off of train spotting in his appearance in 1996, uh, Mr. Ewan McGregor himself, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he has a gun. He's going to rob the store. It's a stick-up. Uh, for those of you who don't, for those of you who don't know, what are some other good movies that Ewan McGregor has been in besides train spotting and obviously the Star Wars movies? Moulin Rouge? Yeah, Moulin Rouge. Um, what's the, what's your... My You're... shitty rom-com? Yeah, that one. Um, he was in Down With Love with Reese Witherspoon and um, David Hyde Pierce. It's a really fun 60s rom-com that's absolutely sexist, and I should not stand up for it at all, but it's hysterical, and everybody in it knows exactly what kind of movie they're in. Yeah, and he also has like a couple of like not not quite documentary films, but I guess that's the closest thing you could call them, um, where he goes on like motorcycle trips with his buddy. Like they go... They go all over the world. I think he has a new one now out on uh, Apple streaming. Mm-hmm. 
platform, which <laughs> means I'm not watching it. But um, yeah, I think those the I think we hit kind of the the main one. Certainly, Train Spotting would have been the main thing he was known for before this, and I would have to imagine based on the the date of when this was released, I'd have to imagine he's very, very close to getting cast if he hasn't already been cast yeah. as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi for yeah, the he's, Star Wars he's de- If he hasn't been cast already, it's going to be very close because I know they filmed mostly in 1997 and spent like most of 1998 and 99 just in post-processing and, yeah. and editing um, for better or worse on <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, Ewan McGregor comes in with a he comes in with another male with another male um, co-robber whatever accomplice <laughs> co-robber <laughs> I don't co-robber. know um, but he's threatening he's threatening to shoot the the old the old lady clerk um, who is at the who's you know he's who's doing the thing she's he's she's giving she's giving him the money um, but then another but then an old man shows up with a uh, like a rifle. And or is it a rifle or a shotgun? I don't it's know. a. I think it's a rifle. It's got a more narrow barrel. Yeah. Okay. Um, shows up in, and a shootout ensues, and uh, one person manages to escape the gunfire, and immediately after the after the gunfight, the other gentleman, Nadio McGregor, uh, goes and locks the door. And James. This, yeah, James. Well, we don't we don't know his name hey. quite yet. Yeah. Um, the other gentleman goes and. And just does the locks the door and barricades it, and uh, he sees through there that there's a then that there's a cop uh, that has been that has been notified to the situation by the person who got away. Uh, so Ewan McGregor he plays a gentleman named Duncan, and his partner's name is James. And James is played by an actor named Curry Graham, who you might recognize from the Assault on Precinct Thirteen remake uh, that came out, I think, in like two thousand and seven ish maybe i could be completely wrong on that date but it feels like around that time to me uh and then he was also in suddenly susan and nypd blue yeah but we waste no time getting to where we're gonna spend the the lion's share of the episode and yeah it's pretty much just gonna be entirely in this corner store the rest of the way yep um and we come in with some bangs i would hope out of all episodes this one would be one (laughs) that they'd choose to use bangs for um, and we come back into the sound of police sirens and the store proprietor, Mrs. Novotny, crying over her husband, ha- Anton, who has been shot in the chest. And James is talking about kind of why they chose today. Like he and Duncan are bickering, which they are going to do a lot this episode. We did not get all of it because holy shit, there is so much of it. But um, essentially the idea was that the welfare checks come in today. People are going to spend their money if they waited, they would have missed the money. So it, time was of the essence for them to rob this store. And then we go. So there's lots of lots of qu- basically this whole episode is a quick hitter. Like every single yeah. beat that we're going to go through is how we would normally kind of on a normal episode. We would kind of say like, and this happened and this happened, and this happened, like quick hitters. That's the whole episode is just, just one quick hitter after another. Um, but we start out with uh, Carol, after everybody kind of scatters after the initial gunshots, finds their individual hiding places. We, we zero in on Carol, of course, because she's our, our girl. And um, she's telling a little boy named Robert, who I believe is also the same little boy from the very beginning of the episode that runs past yes. her. It is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think it, it was hard to tell, so I wasn't 100% sure, but I think it is. So um, she's telling this little boy who's uh, he's hiding underneath of the pinball machine to kind of come across the aisle and hide behind some crates behind her. And he just takes his sweet time because he's scared. And, of course, Ewan McGregor's character hears and catches her trying to convince him. And he comes over and says, now, why would he do that when I just told everyone not to move? And I was just continually blown away by how intense Ewan McGregor was able to yeah. be in this. Like, you know, to be so so young and so early in his career, like, he's already pretty much fully formed as an actor at this point he's he's doing incredible but uh she calls robert over to to sit by her and uh, young robert here is a somewhat recognizable child actor he's played by an actor named mason gamble who you may recognize from the 90s dennis the menace remake with uh walter matthau as uh the grumpy neighbor uh he was also in the movie rushmore with bill murray and uh gattaca as well all right um then we do another quick flip over to Mr. Novotny on the floor, um, and his white cardigan is really gross with the blood stains starting to seep through. They definitely 
don't shy away from showing us the after effects of the shootout. Um, and Carol stands up and says, you know, I'm a nurse, maybe I can help. And then Mrs. Novotny will be quiet because they've been complaining about Mrs. Novotny's crying and screaming, which of course that would be stressful if you just shot her husband. And he's like, oh, that's great. Look at, look at James first. Look at my cousin first. Yeah. James was shot in the altercation. And honestly, there's just so much blood where Mr. Novotny is like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not quite like gross because it's some, some like kind of blends in with the floor, but like. It's still, it's, it's a lot. If you pay attention, you notice how much there is. Yeah. So excellent work by, excellent work as always by the props department to set that grisly scene. So, and you can clearly see Duncan stressing out about whether to treat the hostages, you know, like hostages or, you know, like human, like the human beings that they are pressed into a traumatic situation. Uh, James, he's been shot like in the left kidney yeah trying to think like stage left left, stage right yeah yeah left kidney spleen liver i don't know which side the liver's abdomen yeah the left abdomen and james is telling duncan to stay uh, to stay where he can see him so he doesn't bolt um and then the phone starts ringing and we'll we'll give we'll give you some we'll give you some audio context for all this here hey duncan don't you go anywhere Uh, i won't uh, you stay where i can see you okay I'm not going any place. There's police everywhere. I need to take your pulse. Oh, I need to take the pulse in your neck. Please. Should we get that? You just let it ring, okay? What's the matter with the old boy? I'm fine. I think he hurt his wrist. God, you think I shot everyone? Now, you look like a fairly strong guy, but just remember I got the gun, okay? I'm not doing anything. I- I'm not moving. You should answer the phone. Please, we need a doctor for him. Get him some help. Oh, please. Please. James, maybe we should get that. I just need a minute to think. Maybe it's not for you. The wound is very serious. The bullet may have hit your kidney or spleen. Well, you just make it stop bleeding. We need to get a doctor in here. We're not getting anyone in here, so you better do something yourself. I don't have the supplies. Look around. You got a whole store full. Okay. Okay. No, he stays with me. Let her go. She's gonna look for some stuff. If your friend doesn't. He's get... not my friend. He's my cousin. If your cousin doesn't get to a hospital soon, he's gonna bleed to death. That phone is going to be ringing a lot this episode. It's almost like the soundtrack if it wasn't for the actual soundtrack being so good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which can we talk about the soundtrack for a second and how like I got like super Blade Runnery vibes from it? It's starkly different from almost every other episode. Like it's it's not the usual ER fare. Yeah. Like I almost wish we had talked to Martin about it. Like if I wish we had watched this episode by the time we talked to Martin so that we could ask him about it because it's it is so unique and so different i mean obviously this is a very different type of episode so it makes sense that it would be scored differently um but it's cool that he resisted the temptation to just find another variation on the standard er theme and Mm -hmm. do something completely different with it and it works super well yeah i definitely noticed that there was one cue especially towards the end that caught my ear now i want to take a minute um two things one um carol's first wave of attack on or first wave of defense rather on keeping james from bleeding to death is that she puts a sanitary napkin on james's wound and duct tapes it there's a lot of duct tape used this episode um yes you are right daniel and also i kind of want to give an overview of kind of the cast of characters we have here because we're going to hear a lot of unfamiliar people talking this episode and i just want to give a quick rundown on who's in the store with them so we have mrs novotny whose husband was just shot. We have James and Duncan, the perpetrators. Carol, obviously. Robert, the little boy. Um, We have the gentleman who was in the store doing their bread delivery at the time. And he is going to kind of be the strong guy that they're really intimidated by, even though he doesn't do anything the whole episode. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear them telling him to stay still all the time. And then there's an older gentleman, you heard him with the potentially hurt wrist, and a teacher who teaches first grade, who's a young woman that we'll hear shortly. I think that's everybody. 
and well, well, that yeah, everyone that we know of right now. Yes, every all the players that we are aware of at this moment. So just to kind of keep it straight, because we're going to be hearing a lot of different voices. Also, I love that old man. I'm just going to say that right now. He is my favorite, like character that we will never see again in this episode i just would have loved to have just just hear his side story he just seems like a badass this is the he guy seems with the, shit. the wrist mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I really liked he's a, like i'll get to him in a minute when i yeah when i name check him but yeah he's he's one of my favorite old guys just in general and then they're talking about some i i don't remember how they get to this but at one point they're they're all just kind of shooting the shit um duncan i think duncan asks the younger woman what she does for a living and she's like oh i'm a teacher something like that and he goes i love america everyone has a job here like okay duncan you're adorable we'll let it slide you're freaking crazy um and then carol goes back to check on mr novotny and mrs novotny is praying over him and it is the most heartbreaking moment of this episode well probably tied for tied for first for most heartbreaking moment of this episode she's she's incredible this actress like she mm-hmm. does such a good job that that scene where she stands up to them yeah starts like beating on it like and i just i just wanted to yeah. hear him tell me he loved me one more time and like all that stuff it, like she's so good and she uh so she's played by an actress named ruth malachek who uh you may recognize from movies like sleepers nick and nora's infinite playlist and the crucible and unfortunately she passed away in 2013 mm. i'm glad she got to give us this performance though because holy shit like, I'd be afraid of her. She's wonderful. Um, but then Carol starts performing CPR on Mr. Novotny, and she passes that over to the first grade teacher um, so she can focus on looking for supplies to try and stabilize him. And Daniel, who is our first grade teacher? Our first grade teacher, Angie, which I don't know when exactly we get that name, but we do get it at some point. Because for like half my notes, she was written she was written down as coffee hand lady. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, eventually we do get a name angie she's played by uh, actress marisol nichols who you may mm-hmm. recognize from shows like riverdale and 24 and the movie felon and she also is doing probably winning the award for the worst cpr compressions we have had to date on the show her I, cpr compressions were god-awful f-tier trash garbage i noticed that because she was doing like a forward push yes her hands are, down, are, are way out in front of her body and she's pushing down very weakly uh yeah. th- it's not going to do. I mean, granted, he was probably already dead anyway, but it's not going to do anything. Okay. We could also make the thing. We could also make the statement that she's obviously not a medical professional. So but it's kind of, it's hard to, it's hard. A teacher though. Yeah. And she and be the other guy. Yeah. She and the other okay. guy do say they're trained in CPR. Okay. So my bad. I was trying to give her the benefit <laughs> of the maybe, doubt. Maybe she's thinking little first grader lungs. She doesn't want to. Or maybe it's because her hands are burnt. Hurt, are burnt. So true too. But yes. Very true. But yeah, the, Daniel's right. I did notice the CPR. Um, but it's very sweet. The whole store is kind of chipping in with information, like as Carol's looking for supplies. And she's like, I need alcohol. And the old man that I want to be best friends with because he's a badass is like, oh, grain alcohol is going to be the highest concentration. That's what you want. Just awesome. <laughs> and the old man uh, is played by actor. I'm going to assume from his accent that this is how you pronounce his first name. I think it's probably Jan. I, that's uh, probably a safe bet. Yeah, it's J-A-N. So I think it's Jan Rubes or Rubes. Um, but he was uh, a really kind of familiar, oh, hey, it's that guy for me for one movie in particular. Um, but he has been in stuff like Witness, The X-Files, which I know I've seen him on there. But the movie that I recognized him from was D2, The Mighty Ducks, the sequel to The Mighty Ducks. When he You re- would. He replaces the... Uh, he So there's in the original Mighty Ducks, there's like a magic old man who like Emilio Estevez goes to for advice and guidance. That guy, that guy gets recast between uh, one... Or doesn't get recast, he gets replaced. This guy is that guy's cousin in storyline got it and he's the he becomes the magical old man for the second one Um, all right and he passed away in 2009 Mm, another great performance though so at least we have this um but yeah carol is gonna trake him with supplies she has found in this corner store um holy shit too cool do not try this at home kids she uses duct tape a straw and um she opens his neck with i don't remember if it's the little scissors that she uses at this point this is where she uses the small Mm -hmm. scissors to do it so she cuts a small incision with with some really sharp little 
like craft scissors or whatever were in there and then she sticks the straw through and duct tapes around it to keep it secure and but he is now breathing and has a faint pulse so holy shit carol you're amazing um and some i think duncan's like how long is this gonna take and she snaps back oh you have somewhere to be like we're not going anywhere i think actually that's james yeah correct me if i'm wrong and then duncan replies back to james oh you have somewhere to be like duncan this is where we start to see the weight and reality of the circumstances start to crash down on duncan a little bit and james is still thinking of this in a like how are we going to get out of this how are we going to get away with this mindset and duncan i think the humanity of everything is starting to weigh on him and he's like i've i might have killed a man like maybe shut the fuck up right and then like the consequences of like okay how do i make this not any worse um, so thank you for that because everybody's sassing everybody in this episode and some of it's hard to keep straight. Um, but then there is, oh, <laughs> um, Carol then takes an ice pick and pushes it into Mr. Novotny's chest <laughs> and uses a tiny little juice box straw here. So I'm not sure if she was trying to like reinflate a lung or something. Cause yeah, I think that was the, I think that was the goal. Yeah, so there's that one, and it's so cute because they're like, I need a straw, but this one's too big, and um, Angie's like, oh, use use the little use the little juice box straws. My kids drink out of those all the time. They'll be perfect. They're in the refrigerated section, and it's just like, there you go, everybody coming together. And then, in case Carol's miraculous um, MacGyvering of medical procedures isn't good enough, she takes a box cutter to it to complete a chest tube. Cuts an incision, then uses a tampon applicator, a Ziploc bag, and more duct tape to try and get a chest tube in. And it's really, it's really sweet. She's talking herself through medical procedures that she's likely been studying and just that she's familiar with watching the doctors do. Um, And we are now back to CPR. Mrs. Novotny is blowing into his trach tube while Carol is doing compressions. And Mrs. Novotny puts her hands on Carol's hands to stop her. And they share a meaningful look as Mrs. Novotny acknowledges that it's a lost cause and to give Carol a break from running around frantically trying to get this gentleman saved. And I want to note, in this meaningful look, they do a quick flash down to Mr. Novotny as they say he's dead and the actors totally, the actor's eyes totally flutter in the last shot before they go to commercial. So... As they come Tops. out of the commercial when they're dragging him to, you can kind of see uh, he's flexing really hard in his abdomen trying to not breathe. So that th- there's a couple of times, you know, it's like, yeah. it can't be easy. can't be no. easy to play dead. Nope. Who got fired for that blunder? Um, then we come back from a commercial. Uh, this is our big audio clip for the episode. This, is, this one's, it's four minutes long, so please bear with us. But honestly... We had no idea how to parse any of this out. Like, you can tell, like, there's no possible way we're doing this episode as much justice as it deserves. So let's just listen to a nice chunk of it. And uh, we start We start here with the bread guys dragging Mr. Novotny back to the office with Duncan and Carol. So, kick back. <laughs> Your cousin's losing more and more blood. There's nothing more I can do. We'll get out of this. Yeah, right. Shut up, Bradman, and just keep drugging. I'm gonna throw up. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, he goes nowhere. He's just a kid. I don't want him throwing up in here, believe me. It's okay, James. I've checked the bathroom. There's no way out of there. Hey, go on. Duncan, you've got to help your cousin. He's got to get to a hospital. Yeah, and I have to get to one of your fine American prisons. They'll go easier on you. You've never killed before. Just how do you know that? You haven't, have you? Don't care. What the hell's taking so long? Okay. Hang on, don't move. 
What are you going to tell him? Tell him we want a way out of here, a truck or a van or something. Tell him to send in some medical supplies. Oh, right, like what? What do we need? What medical stuff? Duncan, don't be stupid. Some blood, at least four units of O negative, couple IVs, saline. Right, and then she just fixes me up and we just walk out of here? I don't know, maybe. You know, they send in medical supplies, they're going to send them in with a cop. Now look what you did. I don't like the big guy. Tape him up. What? Tape him up. I don't like him. And I don't like her moving around like that. She's trying to help. Here, put this on. Thanks. You know, this wouldn't be necessary if you hadn't shot the coffee pot. Angie, don't talk back to them. Yeah, next time, maybe you should shoot the milk or the cold drinks or something. It's not going to be a next time, James. I'm not listening to you anymore. What did I do? I said we shouldn't come in here when there were customers. It was a flippin' owner that shot me. You didn't listen to me. That's the point. Listen to you. Where are I've never the keys? Even done this before. Why would I listen the to you? Keys. Because you the said keys you wouldn't to the have door off the storeroom. Javier's hiding in there. He could get out. You didn't even use a gun. I gave you a gun. Taking that kid so long. He's throwing up. Give him a break. Don't ever shut up. You have a fracture dislocation. I should reduce it, but it's going to hurt. You might want to take a drink of that liquor. I couldn't do that. I'm an alcoholic. Okay, Angie, can you get us some aspirin, please? Yeah. No, I, I can do it. I can do it. Where do you think you're going? I'm going to get you some aspirin. I think I saw them over there. Try not to shoot it, okay? Angie. Try not to shoot the aspirin. It's not funny. <laughs> you know what? Maybe the old man over there will toss up his elka cells. You have a little target practice, huh? Bang, bang! Tim, shut up. You, know, you can shoot out that whole row of dishwasher liquid. Just pow, pow, said pow. it's not funny. You can shoot out the lights while you're at it. Shut huh? up, Jim. Bang, bang. You can shoot out that whole... He shot whole... my husband. Isn't that good enough for you? He shot him here and here. And all this he is Novotny. Bleed and bleed. He couldn't move. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't talk. He couldn't move. He couldn't say goodbye. He couldn't say how much he loved me. I wanted to hear him say that just one more time. Say that just one more time. You see? You see, I shot her, old man. I killed her husband. And a good job I did, too, before he put a hole through your other side. You didn't thank me for that, did you? That flippin' kid. That is a lot. That is a lot to digest. Yeah. But that gives you a nice, good overview. We get to talk to all the characters and, you know, especially the secret character that we didn't know was there in the, in the back storeroom. Javier. Javier. Um, yeah. And it just gives you a sense just how tense things are in the entire, in this store, especially between Duncan and James. Yeah. They, um, they're inter, like their arc in this episode is one of, I think some, one of the most interesting ones. Like just like I said earlier, like the way that the way the way that this whole situation unfolds in Duncan's mind is really kind of I think the linchpin of the episode. And I really love it. Yeah, and again, holy shit, Mrs. Novotny. Whew, man. She's Break your heart. Just break your mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. Just Ugh. I love I love it. I love everyone in this episode, and I love everything that's going on here. Also, while we were listening to that, I looked up, because I couldn't fucking remember what other movie that I loved Ewan McGregor in that he had been in. Big Fish. Yes. Um, okay. There yes. you go. And he was more recently in uh, Doctor Sleep and yep. uh, Birds of Prey yep. as, uh, as with a fantastic villain turn as Black Ugh. Mask. Ugh. So good, but ugh. Yeah, okay, good call, because I, I completely forgot those recent ones that are definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. Ugh. Dude's had a great career. Check him out if you have very good. So, Dude uh, has a great career. Also true. So coming out of that clip, um, we, they mentioned in there that uh, the kid is back in the back uh, throwing up. They've allowed him to go to the bathroom because he's like, I'm going to throw up. And they're like, you don't want him throwing up out here. <laughs> I like to imagine that there's some like built up history with this kid where he's just a you know spontaneous puker and they're like you trust me you don't want him to puke out here but so Carol goes back there to check on him and Duncan accompanies her and we find him sitting on the floor curled up with his shoes and socks off uh, next to him on the toilet which I found very strange 
I found yeah. that a very strange stress response from this little boy, but you know, I guess you can't control what you're doing under these circumstances. And, well, and they're folded so neatly on there too. Right. It wasn't like he just stripped them off and like flung them around. Like he very obviously like took them off very carefully, put them, you know, neatly on the toilet. And like, I, I, I was watching this with Jen and she, I asked her about it. I was like, is there a reason why he would have done that? You know, cause we do get a narrative reason kind of in a little bit. Um, his feet are hot. Yeah. Which I also, again, weird stress thing, but she was like, if I had to guess, she was like, I would think he pissed himself <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and his socks were wet. That's the only thing I could think of. But, um, so we come out of there, uh, follow Duncan back out into the main room, see him looking at Mr. Novotny's body. Uh, Robert ducks out of the bathroom and hides in the freezer. And this, for some reason sets Duncan off, like completely pisses him off and he jumps in through the doors of the freezers trying to yank Robert through the shelves. It's really, really intense. And, you know, Carol's, of course, like, screaming out, like, don't hurt him, you know, and she's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt him, I'm just going to kill him, which is such a fucking, like... The delivery. Yeah, the delivery, like, I can't stress enough how good Ewan McGregor is in this episode. And so he's like, you know, like... I want you occupied. Like, and he slams a bunch of quarters down on the pinball machine. And he's like, here, you know, I want, I want to hear you going ping, ping, ping on this, uh, thing while I go answer this phone. And something about the way, like this to me is kind of the high point of the episode for Duncan and by extension, Ewan McGregor. Like this to me was where he was like firing on all cylinders as an actor. Um, the, the whole like ping, ping, ping thing is he's going back to the, that was where I was at like maximum stress and maximum like chaos. And it's so good. Um, But Duncan does finally answer the phone. He turns down any medical help that they would offer. And Robert and you, you notice there's no more pinball in the, in the background anymore. And Robert has climbed into the ceiling and Duncan jumps up and follows and attempts to rip uh, Robert out of the ceiling. And instead he falls in the pinball machine, cutting up his face just real, real bad. And comes down with Robert's shoe. Yeah. Only the shoe. Only the shoe. Um, and then we come back from commercial to Carol extracting the glass from Duncan's face. Ugh. And we find out James is bleeding to death very slowly, but he's looking worse and worse each time we snap over to him. And Mrs. Novotny says that the glue is on the shelf behind the counter, which um, conveniently is where the storeroom keys are too, because Carol has to super glue Duncan's face shut. And um, they're talking about, like, kind of getaway options, and they mention sailing on Lake Michigan as an escape method, but they also talk about how the lake is probably frozen at this time of year. So, not all of Lake Michigan would be frozen. Yeah, very, very little of Lake Michigan actually. Fun fact, very little of Lake Michigan actually freezes over, especially around Chicago. It's usually just those little, like, the harbors and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but for the most part, like, the water just churning too much, and... It never gets cold cold enough to really freeze over the entire lake. It's just uh, too massive a body of water. Yeah. Also, can someone can someone who's have either of you had stitches before? Like actual proper no. stitches? Yes. My thumb. Quite a few. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, your thumb. Okay, no. maybe a bad example, but like what what is the point of those little tiny band-aids? That... I was thinking the same thing so, while they were putting yeah, them on. Yeah, there's actually there was actually a little continuity goof with that that is a good dovetail with that. So um, their their intention is you know if if it's a cut that really requires like stitches, like it's bad enough that it needs stitches. The whole point is you're trying to get the the skin the two sides of the the wound to close back up so that it can heal. So. You could, in theory, if the cut was like minor enough, you could use those bandages as a means to pull the two sides of the skin closer together. He probably needs stitches, but she just doesn't have the materials to give stitches at the moment. So this Ah, is the next best thing. But she does actually, uh, it was pointed out in the goof section on IMDb that she's, the point of those is to pull the two sides of the wound together. And at one point she puts one lengthwise down the cut completely defeating the purpose of the bandage in the first place so and she also puts them very loosey-goosey yeah like that's why she was very loosely putting them on and i was like what it what is the like if you if the goal is to pull the skin back together couldn't you accomplish that with a bait with a nice bigger bandage um yeah i mean it's i don't know know about those little tiny ones like it's probably just the best they had 
at that I guess. store. I mean, it, otherwise, it's except with the exception of band aids, it's a very well stocked bodega. Like I will yeah, say, yeah. it had everything that she needed, up to but not including saline and proper bandages. But yeah. otherwise, very well stocked. But that after after the Lake Michigan talk, uh, we get into our third. Are we going to our third audio clip? Again, it's all, this one's only this one's only about two minutes long. But they're talking about places where they're going to go after they're done with this whole situation. You have to give up now, Duncan. Duncan, maybe we should go to that place you were telling me about. Fifth or something. Fifth, Fifth applied. Uh, and take a ferry. Yeah to the island of Great Cumbrae and then sneak a tiny boat over to Little Cumbrae because it's privately owned, you know? You can get caught, of course, but it's worth it if the sun's in the sky and the Firth is blue, the big mountains of iron all purple jutting up in the background. Sounds beautiful. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I've never been. Never even seen the Firth. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should have pledged in Hugmanay, to go to Little Cumbrae, clean break with a past fresh start but I came to America instead to stay with my cousin my father thought I was crazy he's a pilot driver on the shipyards in Glasgow 30 years loading on and loading off he got me the same job when I was 19 I was laid off by 20 it's a good job you know but I always wanted something else I wanted to be something more I have too with all you can do why I don't know so, then I end up in here. Duncan Stewart comes to America, and on a Friday morning, he comes in here. We just need the money. Yeah, but look what we got, James. Look, you're a bloody mess. And I don't know what to do. But you're all right. I'm not all right at all. I killed a man. I killed a man. Do you know what that feels like? Do you know what that feels like? Huh? Do you? I do. I killed a man. I gave him the wrong blood. Yeah, but you didn't mean to kill him. You didn't mean to kill Mr. Novotny. Yeah, and how many of those cops out there are going to care about that? I love Have I mentioned I, love I love that. Yeah, have I mentioned this is Loki probably my favorite episode of the season? Oh yeah, I think it's easily mine. It's it, this is a yeah. top 5 of the series for me, I think. Yeah, this is an absolutely fantastic episode on the you know, obviously everyone's doing a great job, but goddamn you, McGregor carries this episode on his on his back yeah yeah i had been wondering why they were bringing up um carol's accident not accident but her oopsie on the previous leon and then i was like okay this makes sense once once we got to this line i was like okay. once you get a little philosophical when you're talking about the situation at large yeah such a such a good two minutes there like such a like you go from his sort of like weird introspective thing at the beginning that you know could be this very boring monologue but he manages to inject so much emotion into it and so much kind of gravitas into it and then at the very end you get this confrontation almost a confrontation between him and carol that's then immediately disarmed by the weight of the situation on him he's like she's like i killed a man and you expect that it's going to be this tense standoff between the two of them and he's so exhausted by this point emotionally that he's just like he just kind of gives up on it he's like yeah well you didn't mean to and it just completely removes all of the tension from the situation. And it's like, it's so good. So, worth, so good. Worth noting, Ewan McGregor actually is Scottish. Yes. So. <laughs> Ugh, and then Javier, dumb boy. You should have just waited for the keys. He sneaks out of the back room with his baseball bat. And James sees him because James is sitting on the floor at this point and like happens to see Javier move behind the shelves. Screams a warning to Duncan. Um... Carol steps up real fast and stops Duncan from sh- shooting Javier and hands Duncan the keys to get out and is like, just go, just just get out. You can escape. Nobody has to get hurt. And Duncan is taking Carol with him as a hostage and apologizes to James for leaving him and bailing to try and go escape the situation. And I want to note here, why is he taking Robert's shoe with him? Like he just he he's carrying the shoe around with him as he's putting his coat on and stuff, and he just takes it with them. Stress, not thinking. I guess. May, I mean, in some, it, even though he's basically left his cousin on the floor to die, he ostensibly in his mind, it could be this weird, twisted thing where he's like, "I'm gonna take some of the evidence with me." Like they're not gonna, you know, 
that this has blood and fingerprints on it like i'm not you know what i don't i don't know what he's thinking in that moment but the reality is, is that he's just stressed out and not thinking clearly and panicking because yeah. on the flip side it's totally incriminating to be carrying a bloody fucking loose children's shoe sure. with you but yes yeah, so that was my weird thing is they're getting ready to go so yeah, so they they've now escaped the store. They they break into an apartment in the building behind the store. At, so like as they come out of that door, there's a ladder that goes up to the neck the apartment building behind them. They go into an actual um, apartment and do like this really cool like kind of follow through the apartment mm-hmm. as they they get out. Um, but they they make it down to the street level, and it looks like at this point they're gonna like he's gonna get away. And they have this really cool exchange from Carol's point of view, like it's really cool on her part that even under all this stress, she still has kept her cool and is like, all right, when we get to the end of this alleyway, you're going to let me go. And he's like, to his credit is just sort of like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, she's, she's still been in control pretty much this whole time. Um, but just as, just as they say that a cop pulls up and, and, you know, pulls his gun, he's like, stop or I'll shoot. So Duncan of course bolts, and the cop shoots him three times in the back. And Carol immediately runs down, you know, runs after him and, you know, is like shouting at the cop to call the paramedics. She immediately starts CPR on him. And I wanted to note that Ewan McGregor has said in interviews since that at almost the exact moment they were filming this scene, his oldest daughter was being rushed to a hospital in England with severe meningitis. So he was going through some shit personally as they were filming his quote unquote, you know, death scene here really rough rough stuff for him but it's great oh, and then we cut to a commercial after that and we come back while well, we ride into the we are we are into the er finally uh with carol sitting on duncan's gurney giving him compressions and james is being brought in behind them and doug is running duncan's trauma and even in a bottle episode <laughs> lauren <sighs> whose films are those in both trauma rooms who's turning these rooms guys <laughs> every goddamn episode <laughs> It wouldn't be an STT episode without me bitching about the films. Film Watch 2020 waits for no one, bottle episode or no. And it, as Stay it, tuned for the 2021 edition I, next week. I am here for continuity for our listeners in these trying times. Speaking of continuity, too, we do hear, get a spoken line that Benton is still recovering from his appendectomy in the previous episode, which, as we mentioned mm-hmm. at the top, you know, this the, we should mention from the main cast, these are people who appear in the credits but are not actually in the episode. No Green, no Carter, no Genie, and no Benton this episode. So you got four of the main six, seven, including Carol. Roughly. Yeah. The main. Yeah. So four. And Doyle, if you want to count her, since she's a pretty main character. But but if we're talking about the actual credited main cast. I think, think, yeah, because I think Doyle does make it into the credits eventually, maybe. But I know she's in the, like. She's with us for a while. I know she's in the typed credits. Like, I know she's in the Mm. the ones that come after the theme is over. Well, yeah. It'll be, like, with, with, but, like, I want to say she ends up in the actual intro at some point, but I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, so the, all those all those folks, like, credited but not actually here, which I have to think this is one of those episodes that's kind of unique in that way that, like, I can't, I can't imagine there are too many other episodes like this where 50% or more of the main cast just don't appear. So, oh, my God, I am so here for the chemistry between Juliana Margulies and Ewan McGregor. Like, these two are a powerhouse, and I wish we had, like, gotten a part two to this episode, which isn't going to happen. Um, nope, but just, uh, they're so good, and her at his bedside while everything's going on and trying to, like, participate in his trauma is so good. Do, uh, we, do we think there's a little Stockholm Syndrome going on here? Um, I'm sure there's probably a little bit of that for sure i would say um but i mean it just it speaks to that chemistry that lauren was talking about that they've managed to develop this kind of chemistry over the course of at this point what 35 minutes yeah Yeah. like you know that's that's insane like you've got 35 minutes of screen time and they managed to cultivate this really intense really believable chemistry yeah like she's not his best friend she like there's not it's not a romance angle or anything like that but she's clearly just invested in what's going to happen to this young man yeah. and besides that we also note that carrie is running the trauma for james 
And Carrie mentions or tells Carol to, you know, take a break and let the doctors uh, handle this for now. I'm sure, number one, because this is also a a traumatic situation that she's been through and she's been probably somewhat injured herself, needs to get checked out. But also, too, canonically, she's suspended. She's probably not supposed to be doing any procedures and not supposed to be getting her hands dirty at this point. I feel like Carrie would be the one that would be on top of that kind of thing. But... Uh, Carol goes over and calls radiology gets blood all over the phone which I called out like I said I was watching this with Jen I called it out I was like take your damn gloves off before you pick up the phone and Jen was like no you don't she was like you don't want to see what a trauma room looks like after a trauma she's like they're fucking filthy also I was shocked at how much he was bleeding at this point yeah what was this James or Duncan that Duncan. Duncan. I mean, he probably had a little bit more blood volume to work with than James did. James has been slowly yeah, bleeding I, out over the course of the episode. I was just like, eh, why is there so much blood? He, he just got shot yeah. in the back. Like, that's not, okay. Which they, do, which they do mention as they're bringing him in on the gurney. Uh, I think it's Carol that mentions it, uh, that he took three gunshots to the chest when he actually got shot in the back. Thank you. So, okay, I was like, did I miss see that? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's kind of like a I mean, I suppose it could have been exit he could have had exit wounds through the chest, but he does get shot in the back. So, I felt like that was an important thing to note. But yeah, like like you said, there's lots of blood. Things definitely not looking good for uh Duncan here. And uh he eventually flatlines. A little bit of this is the one time they do a little bit of a hokey emotional beat thing where he kind of mm. fades out in the middle of talking and then flatlines almost immediately. Jen kind of was like, she was like, that was for dramatic effect. She was like, he would he would <laughs> slip into unconsciousness and maybe like 30 seconds later he would flatline. It would not be immediately. But, you know, she was like, I get it. And the other thing, the other technical bit here is that Carol calls the time of death uh, for the drama because, of course, she's a nurse legally she can't be the one to call the time of death. Right? it has to be a doctor yeah but okay so i wasn't misunderstanding that nope, I was she, like, uh jen, jen confirmed that as we were watching it she i was like because as soon as she called the time of death i was like she can't do that right and she was like no <laughs> but i get why they did it at this point i'm pretty sure they're just like you know what she's been through some shit today. <laughs> she's had a day she let her and then it. we'll call it after she leaves <laughs> yeah uh so we have our last audio here for you sweet baby jerry Asks her how she's doing and lets her know what's going on with the other folks. And we check in with uh, the coffee pot woman as well. Angie. Angie, thank you. Hey, Cheryl. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, Jerry. Thanks. Okay. Do you know where the others are? Yeah, the lady with the burnt hands right here, curtain two. Um, the rest got transferred to St. Mary's. Little boy, Robert Potter, 10 years old. No, I didn't hear anything about him. Thanks, Jerry. We have a partial sickness, a second degree burns. I'm just going to go get some thermazine, salve, and dressings. Hey, you're okay now. You're okay. Yeah, I guess so. And, and you're all right? Yeah, I'm fine. How about the others? Uh, that bright guy, Lockhart, he was fine. And um, Javier and Mr. Dusak went to some other hospital. And Robert? <laughs> Robert. Robert crawled back down the hole he crawled up in. He didn't have a scratch on him. I didn't think I would be this shaken. Let me get out all right, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll just put some cream and dressings on your burns and you'll be fine in no time. Okay. Okay. Hey. You really saved our lives in there. None of us could have done that. I'll see you around. All right, so two things about this. Number one, um, this is an episode, obviously, that has zero levity beats in it whatsoever for obvious reasons. The only one that I would have accepted and I would have been happy with is if is if Jerry here would have not known anything was going on and would have just been like, oh, hey, Carol, I haven't seen you in a while. Like, are you just here to pick up your paycheck? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> that would have been that would have been the only bit of levity I would have accepted in this episode. Just mm, Jerry, love you. <laughs> also, I want to point out the line where they talk about Robert crawling back in the hole that he crawled out of. That seems like really impossible with how much Duncan wrecked that freaking roof. Well, yeah, and it's a drop ceiling. Like, I question whether or not that ceiling would have been able to hold Robert to begin with, even even a 12-year-old boy. But uh, And then the other thing here, too, did, did you all see the movie Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks? No. No. So there's... I- 
it's a it's a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it in several years now, but like there's a scene in that movie that sticks out to me at the very end after spoilers, you know, the, they get rescued or whatever. And Tom Hanks is getting checked out at the end of the movie by like EMTs. And they're, you know, so they're going over and they're examining him and everything. And he's been this like picture of stoicness and, and everything, the whole, the whole movie. And as they're like working over him and the, everything is over with, he just starts sobbing uncontrollably. Like he just breaks down, like he's shaking and sobbing and everything. And that was the vibes I was getting from this lady here. Like she does a really good job with this. And it was just a really powerful kind of punctuation mark on the rest of the events of the episode. Then we have Doug checking in on Carol and he does the, are you all right? No, are you all right thing that like friends do when you know somebody's not being real with you. And um, they're just best friends now and I love them. And I am so excited for when Doug and Carol actually like get together again. It's going to be so good. And I want to note continuity. Doug still has his cane and his limp. (laughs) Still got that sprained ankle. So we're keeping with the close timeline to the Appy episode. And then um, Carol looks in and sees Duncan's body in the trauma room, and he is so beat to shit for what happened in this episode. Like, it almost seems like the the blood and bruising ratio to three gunshots to the chest doesn't seem correct to me, but what do I know? I've never had three gunshots to the chest. Um, and Robert's shoe is on the floor of the trauma. Hmm. And Carol walks away, putting her scarf and coat on, and we do a slow pan through the ER as she's leaving. And this is another excellent music cue by Martin here. Like this one, I was just, I was feeling this segment. This was good. So yeah. Yeah. And we close out the episode with uh, Carrie chasing Carol down out to the ambulance bay and saying, basically just saying that they miss her and they miss her work. So Carrie trying to make her feel a little, a little bit better. Um, And then uh, shows Carol at the good old Chicago brown and purple line stop. Uh, with a very beautiful view is just of everything of the city around of the city around her and i miss the l i love the i I love the closing the closing shot too like as the you're looking through the l Mm -hmm. uh through the windows Mm -hmm. of the l as it passes by her it's a really really good shot Daniel, next time you're in Chicago, do you want us to take you to the Chicago platform? Yes, absolutely. I want to go on the L period. I didn't get to go on the L when I was in Chicago last time. Like I I was on I, the I will gladly drag you around the double decker commuter train, but I didn't get to do the uh the L. Yeah. And we can take you to the hospital that's sort of the stand-in for the hot for the for the, the location. Yeah, the yeah. location. Fair enough. But yes, we will we will gladly take you on the L and we'll go to the Chicago stop and to the one in a later season where they say it's on the south side, but it's very clearly <laughs> where we used to live. Fair enough. We've got a couple good ones. Um so yes, we will go on a field trip. But thoughts on this episode? A plus. Oh yeah. I have zero problems with it whatsoever. Yeah. Like a favorite episode of the is, season. Is that our first A plus? Yeah. Uh, favorite favorite Blizzard. Or maybe Blizzard. Love's Labor Lost. Those have been previous like yeah. high, okay. high certainly high marks, but like like Lizzie said, this is probably far and away my favorite of this season, and I think it's top yep. five for the whole series for me. Yeah, I would totally I would definitely agree with that. I'd say that's a fair statement. Like, yeah. It's one I would happily watch again. And honestly, it's one of those ones that because it's so different, you don't really remember like that it's an ER episode. Mm-hmm. So like when you're going back and you're like looking at like the series on Hulu, you're like, wait, oh yeah, that yeah. episode. Lizzie, Lizzie got so excited in the weeks leading up to this. She was like, oh shit, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, we get to see Ewan McGregor. It's gonna be this episode. Oh my god, like that was every every week was like, oh we're almost there. Right. Almost to it. Yes. Yeah. It, like obviously focusing on the week that we're going right. to, but it's also like. It was one of my ones that I've looked forward to the most this season. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think I called it out on the season two wrap up. Like I was like, "This is this is the episode <laughs> I want to get to." I'm so excited about this. Like it's, it's. I, I love a good bottle episode anyway. Like I'm a sucker for a good bottle episode, and this one is right up there with one of the best. And yeah, you know that I, I like different episodes of shows anyway. Like shows where they do something, episodes where they do something different out of formula. And some of the best ER episodes are ones where they deviate from the formula. There's a another yeah. sort of quasi bottle episode several seasons from now, the one with Ray Liotta that I'm so excited to get to mm. for similar yeah. reasons because it is so completely, uh, you know, away from the typical formula, and is so good from beginning to end. And it's 
it's a, a testament to the writing and the acting and every, every even like we mentioned at the top the music too like every step of the process here gets overhauled in this episode and gets done to great effect and it's yeah see it mm. see okay side note if we're talking er bottle episodes that we love uh the one where jerry comes in in a gimp suit of course the the, the <laughs> our unicorn tell- that we keep bringing you- up you keep telling me this happened, and I don't remember it, and I'm it's, so excited is, for it to finally is that It's a theory. Is that in, am I right in thinking that's in the Breakfast Club episode? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the one where they're all at the sexual okay. harassment training. I wasn't. Because the, the bag of dildos? Yeah. Yeah, because the, yeah, 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 the Breakfast Club episode, which is, an, it's one that's a yeah. little bit more divisive. There's some people who really love that episode, like me. I love and it. And some people who really don't like that episode, but, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, I love a good bottle episode, and I think this is right up there with one of the best. I have an episode coming up this season that I am not looking forward to just because it's going to be so stressful to cover. Is that going to be the one maybe where something happens to Dr. Green? That might be that it. That might be it. We still got a few weeks to go until we get to that and one. There's, yeah. and, and there's some other life choices in that episode that really stress me out and I hate to. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and before we get to our normal like little social media plugs, um, I would just like to say... You know, this is our last episode of, of the cursed year of 2020. Is it? Uh, yeah. This this one should be out December 30th or 31st. I can't keep track of our calendar. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> but the point, is, the point is, we've been doing this for over a year now. And, you know, we did our one-year little celebration recap episode on Patreon. So, which 19 of you have chosen to be patrons of ours. And and only know, two are our moms. Yeah. And... and <laughs> Hey, they listen now. So they're still listeners. They're yeah. still among And my mom tells me I swear too much. <laughs> You're completely undermining the sincerity <laughs> of, of this on. whole thing. Nin- yes, 19 of you choose to contribute every yeah, month. Yeah, choose to contribute financially to this show. And just we keep setting records for for download numbers for us. And honestly, this has been just a wild year. Like this is this show is already bigger than I could have ever thought possible that I ever had any hopes for, and you know now we have a thriving Facebook community, we have the Patreon, we have merch, you know, just all you all you folks at home who actually listen to us rant about this old ass TV show for for an hour to an hour and a half a week, and you know I am just I am immensely humbled that all of you actually care that people actually care about this show. Cause I never thought anyone would actually care. I love that we are a part of your Thursdays. I love knowing that, you know, this little project that we have is impacting anybody's week in a positive way, especially with how much of a mess 2020 has been. Yeah. yeah. So we hope, we hope in these, you know, whatever you, whatever, buzzword times you want to call you want to call this past year eventful we hope that we've been off been able to offer you some 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 form of an escape some form of enjoyment some form of levity some form of just overall entertainment and distraction from the world at large because lord knows we've needed it and doing this show has been a great has been a great time sink and a great distraction sink for us to produce and we just we thank you all so very much for sticking with us this far and we are so excited to uh, to share 2021 and beyond with you and yeah we love you all yep and especially to those of you who have reached out to us either on social media or who have left reviews thank you your feedback helps us know what we're doing right helps us rethink what we might be able to do better you guys help us improve and we want to do better for you every episode so thanks all right but that's gonna wrap up our episode for today thank you all very much for listening uh the show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash setting the tone podcast for only a dollar a month you can get access to our show notes each week for only five dollars a month you can get access to the full season recap episodes a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk jerry and two week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews also once our stretch goals are met we'll You'll get access to a monthly bonus show called The Lounge, where we'll talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives and pop culture in that moment, as well as monthly movie commentaries where we're watching talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member. We would also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. 
We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash saying the tone podcast. And we are at saying the tone podcast on Instagram. Our theme music as always is provided to us by Andrew Edwards of blue police box music and Daniel where can folks find you at. They can find me on Instagram at Dan That is Y O U dot E L. They can also find me on my other podcast, the popular court with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? Oh, if I ever bother to tweet as I'm just, sucked into wow forever my personal twitter is at lobob92345 you can also find me on twitter i am at random gamer that's g-a-m-3-r as well as on the popular courts youtube channel doing a let's play of halo the master chief collection with uh with co-host with co-host jake terrell um new episodes of that are are out every wednesday and you can find those videos and more at youtube.com slash the popular court and thanks again everyone very much for listening please join us again next time and have a happy new year (laughs) 